I'ma get ripped apart You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Matt Labrie. You are rocking with us on the Decoding Success Podcast. And finally, we are back with another roundtable discussion. Really excited to have my brothers here at this table with us as we are diving into a really, really deep, personal, vulnerable, transparent topic. So with that being said, I want to introduce my brother, Ayo, Anarisis back in the house, my brother, Phil Massio. And listen, we have a new guest here. We have a new guest. Here we, we listen. I, I skipped over him. He, he was ready to give me the death. I was. I, I saw. <laughs> I saw. His hand went up. I know. I left him up there. I left him up there. But with that being said, I want to introduce my boy Drew Meditz to the table. Thank you, brother. Oh, Appreciate Thanks it. For Thank you for joining us. So Drew's new to the show. Uh, amazing individual. Obviously, you already know Phil. You already know Ant. Also, amazing individuals. So Drew, really appreciate you being here with us, brother. But today we are diving into a topic, and I did get this approved by everyone, although I kind of tricked them and <laughs> potentially uh, did them dirty in a, in a, in a, in a way. We, uh, we've, we've been working on some amazing things collectively here, and with that being said, each and every person at this table has put in the work on themselves in a way that not many people do. And I, like, I can say that and look at all of you and like see it, right, from the conversations that we've had, which have been phenomenal. Some, some of which have left me speechless personally, like the one that we had at Drew's apartment. Like I just sat there in silence. Uh, and thinks I was tired, but like <laughs> I really respected that conversation. Yeah. So I'm just gonna throw it out there, popcorn style it, no order here, but like what provoked you guys to start doing the work on yourselves in a way that not many men in particular do. Uh, as the outsider here coming in, it's it's weird, right? Because like uh, I don't know you guys for a long time, but I feel like I've known you for a long time. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? I think like we all kind of like having gone out to dinner, kind of feel the same way in that regard. And I think it's it's because of a frequency that we all put out that attracts the same frequency. And we've kind of had that conversation before. So I've known even it's crazy. I've known Anthony for ten years, maybe longer than that, like more. 15, 15 yeah. years, right? And we never actually. It was always like a uh, a conversation um, like quickly hey what's up how are you it was always like we we're on the outskirts of friend group so like it was quickly like oh, what's up hey man what's going on but like we never really got into like the depths of uh, who we are as people or like serious conversations and then it was weird over the past year or so um, you know we just started to get a little closer and then um, you know clubhouse started to come about we started to connect that way and then he introduced me to you guys and it was like all of a sudden um, it's it just made sense in that like we all kind of uh, were into similar stuff all saw the world a certain place um, and it just kind of made sense so I think um, going back to your question like uh, what got me into this is pretty much like it, 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 I think, and I don't know if this is the case for you guys also, but like in terms of like working on myself was coming from a place where I was unhappy and needed to fix that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So like for me personally, it was like, I was, um, I'm a, I'm a fellow entrepreneur, um, born and raised in New York city, which is probably another reason why we all hit it off right away. Um, 
And like having put in, I've had the business 14 years, I'm 34, right? So I started the business when I was 20. So putting the time in throughout my entire 20s building this business, I woke up when I was like 27, 28, and like I spent eight years building this thing. It was like the only thing that I really put my efforts into, but my the rest of my life was lacking. And there was, there was something there that like was just missing and that's what kind of put me on that path. So it was like a relationship fell apart. Um, I was about to propose. She broke up with me a week before I was gonna propose to her. Um, I was completely blindsided by it because I was like so into the business, I had no clue what was actually happening around me. And then I realized like something has to change here. Like I have to start uh, like figuring out how to work the business differently. And then also like I have to start putting more time on myself, enjoying the free time that I actually have, which put me towards like meditation and mindfulness, working out more because I feel better when I work out and I move. So like it, it took that low point in my life where I literally woke up and was just like, okay, relationship just fell apart. I can't be working any more hours physically than I currently am. And I'm just like completely miserable. I might have a lot from the outside perspective, but like internally I was just completely like, you know, I wouldn't say depressed, but like just confused. And like, that's what led me down that path, I would say for me personally. Yeah, I respect that. I also resonate with that super highly. I appreciate that share, but what about you guys? So for me, to give a little context on it, 13, I seen the world of entrepreneurship and it started through teen nightclub events. Saw that, did events up up until I was 28. But uh, while I was doing events, I also went to school for accounting. Old school Italian family, you know, get a nine to five, do the events as a side thing. And while I was in accounting, I wasn't fulfilled. The beginning of it was cool, but not fulfilled. And I knew there was something more. So I had left accounting and transitioned to a role with uh, my uncle, godfather's company. And basically, long story short, just wasn't a fit. So I went from, hey, you went to school, this much money spent, had you know the dream job that everybody likes to have, and then not fulfilled, going to another job that literally after three months didn't work out, and kind of on a downward spiral. And what I began to notice was, I can't just grind my way out of this. I was treading water at that point. And I was honestly like hitting a downward, you know, going towards a ditch. And it was like, damn, I've worked this hard for this much stuff in my life. And I feel like it's all going downhill. What do I do? Do I go back? Do I go back to the place of being unfulfilled just to make people happy? Or show society that I'm happy? Or like, what is the next step for me? And for me, the next step was, okay, I think it's time now to do this personal development, to do, which which I didn't know at the time was called inner work, but I had to work on myself because just, just working on the outside wasn't good enough. Yeah. That's basically what yeah. it came down to. And I could keep treading water and I could keep being unfulfilled and I could have, you know, in mixture of anxiety, depression. So for a while, I had always looked up to people that you know I wanted to emulate. And individual for me, which we all know, is Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins. And at that point in my life, anyone who had gone to an event like that was seen as, uh, you, like, you okay, bro? Are you weird? Like, it, it wasn't cool. <laughs> it wasn't cool. It was, it was, you know, like, are you sure, bro? Like, are you, are you all right? You having, you know, whatever? But I just knew that if someone is going to that event that's 
the person I want to be, happily married, you know, healthy, uh, good family, good faith. And there are seven, eight, nine figure business owners like, why not? What I want, why I not want to be in that room? Got hit with an ad and it was a uh, Black Friday sale for Unleash the Power Within, his flagship event. And I went by myself. I paid 600 bucks, which at the time was, still is, a lot of money. And I went by myself and I was just like, for four days, we were throwing parties at that time, uh, Matt and I, three individuals. We were throwing party on a Friday and on a Saturday night. And his event was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I paid, I drove to Jersey, I came home Friday night, went to the event, got home 5 a.m., woke up at seven o'clock, went to the event. And I went through four transformational days. So to answer your question again, it was downward spiral, feeling unfulfilled, and you can't just grind your way out of it. There's something more. And I had to learn that the only way to fix this was by working on yourself. And then it becomes addicting from there and it becomes a never-ending journey. And I'm here today. Yeah. What so about you, Al? I'm actually psyched I get to follow up after Drew and Phil because they both said two things that in my life were so crucial to going down the path I went and who I am today. <clears throat> so the first one is when I was 19, I got exposed to Tony Robbins. My father brought me to his seminar, the same one that Phil had mentioned, just a different year. Um, you're, what is it, a freshman in college? It's not exactly what your peers are doing. And it's not exactly what. What are you doing for the weekend? Why can't you come to the bars and drink? You're doing what? Same thing like Phil said. Everyone's like, yo, is Ann okay? Is everything all right at home? Like, what's going on in your mind? I was resistant to go. The people in my dad's office uh, and, and who he like who he brought the prior year, all guys I looked up to, all guys that were like cool, older, just cool dudes. They went and they were raving about it, not just when they got back for an entire year. And I'm like, that that's some serious staying power. And they were so enthusiastic. I was like, you know what? Let me try this out. And my pops goes, hey, listen, I want you to come. I'm like, yeah, dad, I don't know. He's like, you'll miss a couple days of school. I'm like, say no more. I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. I'm down. I went completely transformational, changed the course of my life, changed my uh, the way I think, uh, changed my outlook on life, uh, just how I perceive just about anything and just made me more conscious about my all, my everyday actions. And, and you really just start analyzing things and trying to work towards a better you, which I think I always had high standards, but being at a course like that, that you really do a lot of inflection and just try to like better yourself, it just it lasted throughout my entire life. And like I mentioned earlier, you're 19, you're in college, everyone's partying. It's hard, and I was too, don't get me wrong, but it's very hard to find people in college that resonate with you know self-development or self-betterment. People are like, I would listen to this stuff in my car. I would back when there were CDs, I would pop in the 60s <laughs> and like I'd have someone come in the car and I'd like they'd be like, in order to get the best from your life, and I was like, yo, what are you listening to? I'm like, oh nothing. I put like hot 97 or something like that. You know, because it's like no one gets this. And it's only up until recently where I found guys like you that like you guys get it. And I think, you know, like Drew talked about earlier crossing past before in the past for many, many years, just kind of like surface level. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I don't think I ever really went beyond that only to find out many years later. It's like, damn, we, we have a lot of the same aspirations in life and we just never noticed it at these parties. But, you know, following this path led us to now being friends, which is incredible. So I think that is what set up the work and my mindset um, at an earlier age. But uh, also back to what Drew said too, 
And I think a lot of people will resonate with this. I know the individuals in this room and certainly a lot of the individuals listening is when you think you have a sure thing in life, when you kind of plan in your mind, like my life's going to go down this direction. This is my future. You know, I had a girl that I thought for sure was going to be my wife. I knew it. Well, I thought I knew it since the moment I laid eyes on her, had a ring ready to go and it just completely just deteriorated and fell apart. And at that point I was, I felt blindsided by it completely. And I was in a deep rut and I knew I had to get out of it. And I decided to take a solo trip to Thailand. I went for two weeks, was completely life-changing again. One of those moments where, you know, I put it up there with Tony Robbins where it's like one of those life-changing moments and trips. And going back to like, the question at hand, the topic at hand today, right? Like, why do the work? Why? And we've heard this expression before, but I am enamored with the thought of it being comfortable and being uncomfortable. Like, I always like to push myself. And if I'm not pushing myself to that point, I feel like I'm not growing. And I try to do things, and I want to say every day, but, you know, sometimes we have our off days. But every day I try to put myself in a position where, like, I am a little uncomfortable. And I have to do something outside of my comfort range. And then when I look back three, six months down the line, it's not really that uncomfortable anymore. So doing the things that others are not doing, like... And this is only a few years ago, you know, meditation. People, when I heard, when people heard in 2015, I was meditating, same thing. Like, dude, are you okay? Like, what's going on in your mind? I would do yoga, journaling, deep reading, working out, those things. And and to a lot of people, it's like, oh, where do you, where do you, where do you find the time? You don't find the time, you make the time. And when you make that time and you make it a priority, then that's how you differentiate yourself from everyone else. And you find the people you're supposed to be hanging out with like we are today. Right. I love all of that. I think I resonate with a lot of it. I think for me personally, I I started doing the work because I knew the people I wanted to be like in life did that type of stuff. So my example is actually Phil, right? We have a four year age gap, but in my earlier 20s, four years is actually a lot. Maybe not now at this point, cause like what the fuck is four years? But in your earlier 20s, when you're in your late teens, you're like, yo, four years is a lot of time. So I saw Phil doing X, Y, Z, and uh, I'll never forget, we were actually in Monaco when I actually booked UPW with Tony Robbins. I'm like, if I'm not spending enough money, let me spend another $600 dollars, Tony. <laughs> Who does that too? Yeah. Like, what a weird, <laughs> right, like instead of buying a bottle, you're out, you're out booking Tony yeah, Robbins. Yeah, it's the same cost pretty much. I know, that's insane. Yeah, pretty fucking much. Yeah. And um, I did the work at that point in my life, although it was very surface level. Like, yeah, sure, I was going to Tony, but it was still very surface level. Like, I wasn't cracking through yeah. all of the fucking masks, all of the layers that were on top of me, whether it was just like layers that I created myself to fit in or stuff that society created on me. And it was very surface level. But regardless, I was still doing it. And then I resonate with the other part of the conversation we've had thus far where it was like you got to a point and I'm just saying you as in all of us, Mm -hmm. we've got to points where we've seen dark times per se, or like we've seen us in places that we did not want to be in much longer. You just weren't happy, right? Like we just weren't happy. And that happened to me this summer in June of 2020 where I was like, yo, it's time to really get down to this shit. Like it's time to really crack the fucking 
fucking code. Whether that meant I started therapy, whether that meant I hired a psychotherapist as a coach, a former psychotherapist as a coach, flotation therapy, which I know Drew does as well. Amazing time, just like spending it with yourself for an hour undistracted, totally deprived of your senses. Doing yoga, like I never thought I would do yoga. I I laughed about it. I'm like, what the fuck is yoga? I've been an athlete my whole life and then I'm fucking doing a downward dog. Sweat. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm no fucking athlete. Yeah. You know, like I'm dripping. So like all of those things really led me to do the work on myself in deeper and deeper and deeper ways. And I'm sure even from for years to come, it's going to keep getting deeper. And I, I just resonate with all of you. But I'm curious because one thing that was pretty common throughout all of us was the fact that we kind of got to like a down point. I'm not going to say rock bottom because it might not have been rock bottom, but we got low and that's when we realized we needed to do the work. So my question to the table is what can we tell the people that listen? What can we tell our sons, right? Because this could be generational here. What can we tell our sons to help them explore that without having them to get to the same point that we got, right? Because that's what mentorship is. Yeah. Like let's, let's put it out there so people don't have to make the, not necessarily same mistakes, but take a little bit of a higher path in a sense, you know? We have to make doing the inner work or even just to someone who's who's young, maybe my future son, to even just start to think or talk about personal development, it's not gay. It needs to be the norm. Mm. It needs to be cool. And you don't have to become an overnight personal development guru. Uh, I've learned you can't skip levels. So the reason we, there is a common denominator here. We all hit an experience or an event which made us start looking inside. Mm. And I would no way, shape or form be doing the inner work that I'm doing now had I not started at level one. You can't just start to jump to level five because you'll never understand it. It's too complex. What is this? But make it cool. Make it a topic of conversation. Just like, you know, watching sports or going to the movies. Like, make it a norm. Um, What I would say is that by doing that, the rest of your life will just unfold and you'll be so ahead of the curve of where 99.9% of the world is because when you work on yourself... Anything on the inside, then you know, radiates to the outside, and that was one thing that I wish I knew a little sooner. Is that by working on myself, every single bucket of my life, like I mentioned earlier, from the physical, the family, the fitness, the, the faith, the spirituality, the travel, everything is going to be at a higher level in that bucket. Or you'll be conscious of these of these buckets. So I would say to my son, start early. It is the norm. I'm going to talk about it with you. All of your brothers and sisters are going to talk about it with you. I'm going to put you on other kids that are going to talk about it with you as well. It's going to, it's just going to be the cool thing to do. And um, if you're hanging around the right people with the right family, raised the right way, you won't feel weird talking about it. You will meet a phenomenal woman so much sooner in life. You'll have a phenomenal family so much sooner in life. You'll have a phenomenal job or a business so much sooner in life. Everything's going to radiate. And you may learn at 20 years old but the guy at 60 still doesn't know so like you just said conversations like this like we're having right now are uncommon 
in the vast majority of circles of friends, you can't really, I mean, you can, but it will, probably won't be welcome to have a, a deep conversation like this for a lengthy amount of time. Right. Guys usually oftentimes just block things off, move on, want to just talk about like generic guy stuff, like sports and whatever, uh, which is all we all love doing. But a lot of guys don't extend themselves this far. And is it any coincidence that there's four high performers in this room that are willing to have this conversation on a Friday night nonetheless? But also that's why a lot of us, you know, we're also ahead of the game in many areas of life. So what I would tell my future son, Chills. yeah, it's yeah. true, man. I would say the downs are inevitable. There are slumps in life. Every great Hall of Famer went through slumps. You know, but what's more important is the bounce back and recognizing when you're in that slump, because it's going to happen. It's the ebb and flow of life. Mm. It's going to happen. But when you can recognize when you're in that slump, work on your mechanics to getting back, to finding your groove, to getting your swing. And you know what? You might not get on base, but you might foul a couple balls off. You might strike out a number of times. But guess what? Once you make that contact and get that sweet spot back and get that swing back, it's the it's being in flow like we've talked about before. Mm. It's like you find your flow and you find your path again. So recognize it don't get bent out of shape it's gonna happen from time to time but get your swing back and find your game again yeah i it's it's weird because um what you were just touching on too like i've had more vulnerable conversations with the three of you than i have with some of my friends that i've known for 15 years right yeah right like that's the honest truth and i think some of you guys can probably also have the same conversation we we see each other you know whatever have some beers watch some football whatever chill you know whatever parties are going on etc etc but like i've had more genuine conversations about life with you guys than i have with some people that i've known for 15 years Mm -hmm. um and I, I mean that truly. And I think it's just because we're open to the idea of communication. And I think that also starts with like going back to like what advice would you give to um, – and I like – I love that you put it this way because I always say this. Like I would never give advice to my younger self because I'm a true believer in that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And my path has been my path. So I wouldn't give any other advice for my younger self because honestly, if I would have, maybe my path would have been different. I'm completely content with where I'm at right now. And it's led me on this path to self-improvement. Um, so I love that you put it that way. Like, what would you mentor somebody else uh, in that position to start? And I think it's, and I think everyone here can resonate with this as well. Um, and I'm, you guys are huge Tony Robbins guys. I'm a huge Jordan, P- Jordan Peterson guy mm-hmm. and um, huge JP fanboy. And one thing that he talks <laughs> about, huge. Um, <laughs> one thing he talks about is it starts with like one minor change. Right. So like you're down the dumps about something, right? Whatever it is. So like for me, for example, it was again, like just a breakup, being miserable at work, hating what I do, even it's my own business. Imagine like you're an entrepreneur and you hate what you do. I got to that point when I was like 27, Mm -hmm. like I was seven or eight years in. I'm like, I can't work any harder. I'm miserable. I'm making good money, but like this life sucks. Right. Like I had to change it at that point. So like it started with like one change. So it was like, all right. What can you do? It was like, all right, let's let's do some self-education here, right? So like the first book I would say that kind of turned me in that direction was The Power of Now, right? Which is basically like learning to live in the present moment, right? So that was like, I was always afraid of meditation and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I was afraid of meditation because I thought it would take away my competitive advantage, mm. right? So it was like, I don't want to meditate because 
um, like I'm so on edge and highly caffeinated and productive that like this shit's gonna take away my edge and I need to fucking crush baby I need to fucking kill right like that like that made a business that way for seven years put my head down crush shit so I was terrified of meditation read the power up now I was like hmm maybe I should slow things down a little bit and see where it takes me turns out like that put me on the path towards meditation mindfulness which actually made me a better business person because I was able to see things outside not react to stuff right away think things through be mindful like it just changed my entire approach to business and then the second thing was all right like you're unhappy with your business and we've spoken about this uh, in clubhouse too right um like i looked at a book that could possibly change the way that i was having my life like working so much so for me it was the book built to sell which um which to me basically described uh pretty much in a way like if your business is built around just you and your business partner it's not worth shit you're a business owner you're not an entrepreneur mm-hmm. it's not scalable it's not anything like you're you're pretty much you're going to be a slave to that business you want you might as well be an employee right so like those two things when i was younger right so it was like it literally just took one little change for me it was like read one book then one book became two books then two books became three books right and then it took me down this path of self-education then i was like you know what join you know what you were a collegiate athlete and swimmer you were super happy when you were training right what else can you be doing went to a crossfit gym just literally walked into a crossfit gym started working out again so like it was like little so it was like one thing read a book then it was like okay um start working out then like and, and things kind of escalated from there so i think like my advice to a younger person to get on that path is like literally just take one thing a day morning routine whatever it is just change one thing and and this is the this is why i go back to jay uh, jordan jordan peterson which is basically take one thing and literally the momentum starts man and it builds from there right why did you think and i'm this is uh, you drew and i guess all of us can talk about it but like why did you think meditation i just want to clarify too like what was meditation going to do negative to you like i just i saw it as like 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 weak right like it's like you're this okay. you're this Italian male brought up in New York like mm-hmm. listen none of my uncles or my father or anybody is meditating right, right. like it's just like, like let's be real right? right like all these guys that I grew up with like no one's sitting there and waking up in the morning and being like you know what let me take 10 minutes to meditate right, right? like it's just not happening yeah. my father's form of meditation was he would go outside and have a cigarette mm-hmm. yep right I realize that now right but like back then I didn't know that right, right? like that was his form of meditation as like unhealthy as that is that was like his form of like being right. like let me separate take a moment to collect my thoughts whatever like so I just thought like I was so caught up in like let's say like Wolf of Wall Street like fucking boss the wall head down work your ass off 80 hours a week just keep going keep going keep going more caffeine more caffeine like that I just was losing sight of like everything else in my life or even just like making like sound decisions writing a like a, an email without getting aggravated mm-hmm. right pitching somebody and being in control because I took two seconds before the meeting because I was super stressed to take a breath go into the meeting and give off that energy of being in control as opposed to like being surrounded by a bunch of stimulus right right I just think it was it was one of those things for me where it was like I was just I literally just thought it was one of those things where it was like just fucking work as hard as you can keep pounding away keep pounding away and everything's gonna work out for you right and that yeah that was for me like yeah. where I just thought it was like I thought only like pussies like meditate right you right know? no I get that yeah it was for the week that's how it was viewed and yeah it was just like 
you know, you're working, you work this hard. Like he said, you're grinding it out. And I think, and also not only does it seem weak, it seems like pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. And it's very tough when you look at it from the outside and you have no idea. It just seems like uncomprehendable. Like, how does this help you? I think it comes back to the common denominator of that experience. When you have an experience and you realize, I've pushed this hard, I've pushed this hard, I've pushed this hard, I'm still unhappy, maybe there's a better way. Mm. Yeah. How do we break those social norms of masculinity? Because that's what it is, right? That, oh, that, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And we are with having conversations like this. Like 100% we are. Like people are going to hear this and more people need to hear stuff like this because men are tough. Men are, you know, macho. They pound their chests, you know, like, but men also can cry. Men can, and listen, not every day. I mean, listen, if you want to cry every day, you cry every day. Right. Whatever suits you, whatever floats your boat, that's totally cool with me. But the suppression and the ideas of what like society just piles onto us of like who we're supposed to be is something that really does need to be broken because that will drastically change the suicide rate in, in Silicon Valley that will drastically change the amount of men that have heart attacks like that shit's for real like that shit is really fucking real and I brushed it off all the time like I would always brush it off I'll never forget Damon talking about like the rate of suicide in Silicon Valley and I was just like whatever you know maybe whatever I just I didn't even think twice about it and then I really looked at it now and I'm like holy shit it's because they're just like fuck Fucking balls to the wall, right? Like all the time. So, like, what do you guys feel like we can do? Maybe not even just us, but like everyone. Like, what can we develop into to kind of like break that? So, what I I think it it was already touched on, and in regards to the deep diving, and I think there is that stigma regarding things like meditation. Like Drew talked about it, um, and Phil and Matt, you both touched on it too. I was so apprehensive to meditate. Um, I'm a high energy guy. Mm. I didn't want anything messing with my energy. When people meet me, mm. it's usually one of the first things I get is like, oh, positive energy or high energy guy. I love that. I thrive off that. Right. I have more energy than, than a 17 year old. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a high energy guy. I love that. I didn't want to lose my edge. That yeah, more that's it. Yeah, that's the word. You're you going to lose your edge. Yeah. I didn't want to lose my edge. And mm -hmm. I'd seen, and then, so, and now I think life has drastically changed so much. Like when we used to think meditation, like I think even like six, seven years ago, you think of somebody sitting on a mountain. Right. Long gray hair. They didn't teach us this shit in school either, man. No, they yeah. didn't. That's crazy, right? So I always was just like, you know what? I am not going to get ahead in life taking timeouts like this. Mm -hmm. And I remember it's funny because so Drew talked about, you know, his pops and how like he coped, had a cigarette and uh, that's, that would chill him out. So I remember talking with my dad about meditation. He was so on the fence about it also for the same exact reasons. And one of the things that kind of, I guess, opened his mind up to potentially trying it. And though he never did, he to this day, he still hasn't done it. But he, he found out that the, the Beatles had done something called Transcendental Meditation. Yeah, my dad's a GM's huge, huge. Yeah. yeah. My dad's a huge Beatles guy. He plays guitar every day. He's, 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 Your dad's cool as shit. Yeah, he's cool as shit. 
He's a cool dude. He also looks like uh, the weatherman. Um, Ernie Anastas. Ernie Anastas, oh, no. man. Oh, yeah. Dead ringer. Dead ringer. Dead. That and Wayne Noodle. <laughs> a little bit of both. So we would have conversations and he was so – because he's like, I got that from my pops. Like he doesn't want to lose his edge and, and I got it. So he never actually tried it. And then for me, to be honest with you, Matt, your question was just, all right, how do we get guys to kind of just, you know – change their stance on certain things. For me, what was the the catalyst was it was I'm not gonna get into all the details here, but it was New Year's, I was with the girl I was dating, uh an ex came, started getting like in the way, causing a scene, and I finished the scene. And I just wasn't having any part of it. Mm-hmm. And I still honestly don't even have regrets about it because I held my own and I did what I had to do. But I was more disappointed in myself for losing my cool. It didn't have to get there. Was there a lot of tequila shots involved? Yes, there was a lot of tequila shots involved. However, the day after, when you're just kind of sitting with yourself and your thoughts and you're replaying the night over and over again, it was just like, I could have completely avoided doing that. I didn't have to go that route. And that's what actually made me start meditation was that that fight. Yeah. Because I just knew I was like, it didn't have to come to that point. And I, I got mad at myself for losing me, not for this kid being you know, a jerk and doing what he did, but just me just knowing that there was another way to go about it. And then I lost complete control and I don't like losing control like that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it came from a place of being overly like aggressive and being like, you know, like testosterone kicking in at, at, you know, it's peak. And that's when I realized like not everything has to go to extremes. Mm -hmm. Let me take it down a notch. And that's what opened my eyes to meditation and changed my world. Mm. For me, it's the, just the concept, the simple concept of each one to each one. So growing up. Meditation was never spoken of. Business was never spoken of. My, my parents both worked very hard. They got home 6 p.m. When it was dinner time, it wasn't time to talk about growth talk or business. It was time to just, hey, let me decompress. Let me make food. Let's eat. Let's go to sleep. And you become on, you get on the hamster wheel. But I think I, I looked up to certain people growing up. One of them was my dad. When I was 13, how I got into nightlife was a gentleman that we worked with. I later became part, uh, a partner with. Uh, I just really liked how he designed his life. And I didn't know that term at the time, life by design, but basically I looked up to him. I wanted to be like him. So I think if people who are in our shoes and what we're doing right now could just keep doing what they're doing and not suppress it, you don't even, I hope you'll vocalize it, but you don't even need to vocalize it. You just have to do it. And a younger Phil, Matt, and Andrew will see that and want to do it and think it's the norm. Because I thought whatever he did was the norm. And that goes to a whole other subject because that means both good and bad that he did, I thought was the norm. So if we could just, if we could just do, do the good by just, just literally doing it, it'll become more of the norm and it'll just have that compound right. effect. Right. You know? I love that. So two of the four of us had brought up relationships kind of having an impact on why they've been provoked to pursue a deeper understanding of themselves, do inner work, etc. I'm the third of the fourth because <laughs> that, that's exactly what it was for me it was just like realizing something due to a relationship and it was just like move forward like literally like start fucking doing the work that you need to do because it's very evident at this point mm-hmm. and it came about from a relationship so I'm curious like why do you guys feel like relationships reveal that type of stuff to us 
Ooh, uh, I mean, for me personally, the relationship thing was, uh, I a lot, had a lot to do with how I was brought up. So my parents have, my parents are 65 now. They've been together since they were 16, mm. right? God so, bless, man. Yeah, it's, in, uh, it's incredible. Bless. Yeah, it's really incredible when you, when you look at it, right? Um, truly remarkable. Um, and I think, like, knowing that, um, and then also, like, my, my two sisters right now are married. They have kids, right? Like, there was a lot of pressure on me, I would say. To, to have a family and, I, and what was happening in my life is I was going from relationship to relationship to relationship and it wasn't until um, I would say I have, I've had three serious relationships it wasn't until I had some time to myself where I was able to do that work that we're talking about. And I'm talking about work that, like, I'm 34, so I'm talking about work that was done, like, when I was 32. So this is, like, even recent, this is, like, recent, where I had some time to myself, where I, I, I was figuring out my attachment problems. And what that did is it sent me down a journey of self-love. And I think that is so important for anyone uh, in terms of being a high performer or being or going down this route of self-improvement, right, or, or whatever that we're going to call it, you have to have that self-love because what that does for you specifically is it allows you to be a better partner for the next person you're going to be with, be a better father, be a better brother, be a better friend because you're so filled with love that you're not looking for that attachment or for favors or for expectations of any person that you're around because you know that you have that within yourself. Mm. So for me, like going through the relationships, that's what was my biggest takeaway from that which took me down a, a huge journey in terms of being able to figure that out through therapy through a bunch of books that I've read through um, just talking to, to guys like you right like just being able to um, be alone and I think this is something that's and I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this everybody too like do you know how many people like in this day and age are so uncomfortable in silence with themselves mm-hmm. well, yeah. too many yes. right like we are so stimulated by our phones by email by TV by our friends by a group chat by whatever clubhouse by which is a new thing right like whatever it is like there's there's so few people in this world that are completely content with silence and themselves and for me I know like Matt for you 2020 was difficult I know like you mentioned that like June of 2020 was right. like you hit a point where you're like I gotta figure some shit out last year for COVID being isolated by myself with my dog was so huge for me because I was forced to be alone with myself and see the beauty in that Mm. like literally like and it's always one of those things too like the grass is always greener so you have like some friends who are with families you know and they have whatever and they're like you know like uh, it's crazy in here my kids are going nuts you know like whatever and it's like and then you have yourself who's kind of by yourself and you you know you you can look at things a million different ways but you're like I'm appreciating this time alone because it's perfect for me right now mm. and that's exactly what I need to be okay with and like the next relationship that comes etc like whatever it is like I just know that like I'm not looking for attachment or for expectations from my next partner because I have it within me so I feel like that's just going to make me a better person for whoever I'm with next I don't, I'm curious I to hear yeah, what you guys think on that yeah I think for me personally it's very similar to that I think the relationship revealed to me that I was seeking everything that I had inside of my 
myself from someone else though. Yes. Right? So like I was continuously seeking the attention, the reassurance. And reassurance listen, is huge. That's the big, right? That's a yeah. love language. So that's okay, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm okay Words of with that. Words right. of affirmation. Right. I'm okay with that. I love the, by the way, this is so great that we have, you can say the love languages and, and everybody <laughs> knows what we're talking about. And it's not chicks. It's a group of men. We're just it's nodding. four men literally like, yeah. I, yeah of course, words, of yeah. Af- words of affirmation. <laughs> listen. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know yours. Yeah. The only thing Gary Chapman missed in that book was food being a love language. <laughs> that was it. You're all, I, I guess it could be gift giving. It could be. I guess it could fall. It could be. It could be. But seriously, like everything that. I was desiring was supposed to be coming from myself and that relationship just revealed it like that. It was like, dude, you're not getting it. And that put me in a little bit of a down place because I didn't realize at the time, like I had it, right? Like I had it. Right. And that what, and listen, there, it's a lot bigger than just that. Like it made me realize that I needed to do reparenting, right? Like I, I didn't necessarily, and listen, I'm not shitting on my parents. I love them. But at the same time, they did the best with what they knew how to do. Right. Although they may have been emotionally irresponsible or whatever the case is. And like, that was a really big thing that I needed to work on as well, because it goes all the way back to me being a fucking baby, mm-hmm. like yeah. a child. And, and think about, and you and I have had, have had this conversation privately too like think about like our parents didn't have the resources that we have correct right okay so like the work we're talking about right now like they couldn't listen to an audiobook right right to right, teach right, them about right. self-love like that didn't exist uh, right right like that didn't exist so like well, our parents did the best with what they could right and like that's why I personally feel like everybody should and I'm curious to hear everybody's take on this but like I was the same way I was terrified of meditation I was terrified of therapy mm-hmm. right but every Everybody has somewhat of childhood trauma just because just because of you know it's life it's life right it's like no matter life. what it could you be know. like your sister stole your toy right, right. like but there's right. some right. trauma that's there that you just kind of have to talk about bring to the forefront and just become self-aware right. to realize like I realize now there's some stuff that happened in my life that like I wouldn't have known and I'm not self-aware enough that I'm, I have behavior patterns now that exist from when I was a kid mm. and like stuff that I was trying to do like it's it's crazy but I've learned that now by by putting in some work to realize like why I'm acting in that or going through that same behavior pattern. Like there was a time in my life where I was literally just in a circle of the same behavior pattern. Exactly. It wasn't until therapy that I broke that pattern. So <laughs> that's there, the key. And there was a gentleman that's in our clubhouse room that frequents the room often that uh, says this quote, I don't know who it stems from, but we've all heard it. Show me the child at seven yes. years old and I'll who show says you the Jay. Jay. Oh, Jay. does he? Jay. Shout out to Jay. Jay. Shout out to Jay. All the time. Shout out to Jay. <laughs> He's going to love that shout out. Right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's such a great quote. Show me the child child at seven years old and I'll show you the adult and wouldn't you say not that obviously we've changed but how many so similarities true. are there to you when you were seven to now like I feel like it's so true the kid that was mean like the yeah. super active hyper kid that was always like trying to like you know just please and just like trying to make jokes and be like life of party I feel like I'm still that dude you know what I mean yeah. I'm still that guy and there's so much truth to it so that's why I think you know it always comes back to tell me about your childhood because it's so defining and that's why when you know we talked about our future children our future sons daughters you know we know that stuff now our parents didn't have this guidance they just had like village teachings that were passed on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years 
they, you know, we have really no excuse to miss the mark or to, to really like neglect our children with all this information that we have at our disposal, mm-hmm. which your parents didn't have. But earlier you asked about like relationships and why, why is that such a common thing that people seem to fall back on and bring up over and over again? And I think the reason is because in this world, most people only truly open themselves up to a select few individuals. Agreed. And oftentimes it's your significant other. And when that person knows you and you're just kind of your goofy self, you're, you, 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 you completely take down the walls and there's no front whatsoever and it's just you being just your authentic you and you feel like you got done dirty or they, they just like completely brushed you off and took you for granted. That's why it hurts us so much is because we went in there with an open heart and open arms. And when we get disappointed or broken up with or whatever, we outgrow one another, it hurts so bad. It's because you don't you don't expose yourself like that to everyone. And that's why I think it hurts so much and why we keep recurring, keep talking about the one that got away or uh, that one girl that left me and just crushed my soul. It's right. because you know, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and in turn, we are hurt. Well, that's another thing men don't necessarily do when they experience that they harden the fuck up like you need to soften up when that happens like you 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 real when that happens to you when you get hurt like listen you can have anger you can feel anger you can feel upset you can let the tears roll but at the same time you need to learn how to forgive like you really need to fucking learn how to forgive and that was probably one of the hardest things for me to learn like i get the bible thrown at me it's talked about so much in the bible forgive forgive how how the fuck do you forgive right so like that's one thing that men don't do because it's so in our nature it's so societal to just harden up onto the next one onto no like yo take some time for yourself you know Um, yeah those are very big opportunities to grow and to heal yeah those those situations like you you get to decide does it go left does it go right and actually so when you're in that moment see that what I've learned is that to uh, to to reframe or to break the mask you have to dance with what it is that's troubling you Mm. you have to dance with it and you can't run from it and then while you're dancing with it you have a chance to fix it so those conversations can be huge and something that I heard the other day I'm not going to go on the air saying I made this up but in our parents generation you know things that you hear like uh, financial freedom or wealth is uh, you know the next stage of generational wealth is like you know having money well in our generation generational wealth the next stage comes from healing healing is generational wealth Mm. if we could pass on healing to our kids that is generational wealth beyond what money can do because if you have if you're healed you can make all the money in the world and to get back to your question before uh, even what I've learned recently in dating someone is that um, anyone in life that you meet they're just mirrors to you. Mm. So when I was 26 and I went to Tony Robbins, my mirror was my boss of the accounting, my family members, uh, my uncle. These were mirrors that I had to look at and what I didn't like about them, I truthfully just didn't like about myself. Mm. I didn't understand that for a long time, but it's the way you look at someone or you think about someone, it's just how you think about yourself. So I'm looking at my uncle, I'm looking at the accounting professor, I'm looking at my dad. And then, you know, that's that level one of healing. Well, then relationships is now another level of you looking at it in another sexual partner, whether it be the same 
prefer sexual preference or a different one and anything that you let's say don't agree with with them is things you really just don't agree with, with about yourself yeah. it really all comes down to because you can be compassionate you can take the chance to talk to, talk it through heal it and it goes back to what I touched on earlier like there's no end game to this healing or evolving or inner work mm. it's just a level by another level, by another level, by another level, and that's how you just keep leveling up. Mm. So what Phil just said about healing, I think, is super important. Um, I think Maggie talked about it a little bit as well. So after a breakup and it's over, a lot of times what I've seen in I, countless instances with my friends, it's happened to me too, where you have to ask yourself, are you truly heartbroken because the love of your life got away or are you pissed off mm. are you angry are you resentful of how it unfolded and a lot of times I think we're just more thrown off and pissed that it ended the way that it ended and that's why we can't get over that situation it's not so much you can't get over that person because maybe deep down you know they weren't even right for you but you're just so agitated and turned off by how it ended and the ending is really what people can't get over I have I've been there before myself I have a lot of friends too that they knew they weren't right for one another but they can't get over it because it ended in such a like disgraceful way that is what they're having trouble getting over not the person the ending of the relationship and I think too what if you recognize it and the thing that happens with maturity with age sometimes too is I look at these things like as a filter and okay it's kind of leading me to the man I am today and without that relationship I wouldn't have been the man I am today yeah, and it kind of 100%. Led, yeah, yeah it kind of led me down this different path and at this moment I'm 36 I still haven't found you know the love of my life who I'm supposed to be with yet but I keep that faith that everything I've been doing is that filter to find that person with the true intention of when that day does happen I'll be like ah this kind of all makes sense that's mm -hmm. I have the faith that that will happen I love that to kind of I mean we've been rocking for 50 minutes now it doesn't even feel like 50 no, minutes like five. <laughs> it doesn't feel like 50 minutes whatsoever um, I mean we did this the other night for four hours yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very true <laughs> yeah. the only difference is Pierre's not here yes yeah, sure I, I didn't, if I could have brought him I would have brought him bro he deserves a seat at the table him. he really does he deserves a seat at the table people need to know who Pierre is oh uh, yes that's my French bulldog he's three years old he's uh, he is the oldest dog in Williamsburg because every other dog is six months old everybody got a puppy during COVID so he's the he's the vet he's uh, he's adorable he's 34 pounds of, he's a big ham as, 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 as Matt likes to say he really he's a tank. is he's a, he's a tank. tank he's a he tank he, and he is uh, he craves more attention than his papa <laughs> but he also Which gets say it a lot he gets the attention he is, he's a, listen he's the ultimate wingman I will say that in a full disclosure literally you take that dog around Domino Park and I've got and it's amazing what he can actually do <laughs> he's he's, I've seen him I've seen him this is true my friends who are uh, who are in the building I have a couple friends in my building who are uh, who are married engaged etc we'll take our dogs for a walk or whatever it's funny because most of the people I met in my building I met through my dog he literally it's like almost he's trained he will only go up to girls who do not have engagement rings on oh, oh my god it's like he goes it's like he, he goes he makes like a beeline for the one girl who like does not have a ring on it's yeah. talk about a filter he's the ultimate wingman he's talk the ultimate about wingman. a filter he really is that. impressive what a so that's Pierre that's Pierre he is he's quite the legend he, he really is. is he is <laughs> 
So to kind of cap this off, uh, we, we've touched about touched on numerous different things. I'm curious as to what you guys, and this is going to be from a male perspective, but we have a, I mean, a rather large female audience here as well. What do you guys think women need to do to adjust to men like us? Right. Men that are vulnerable, men that are transparent, men that are raw and real, that have done the work. We're not fucking stagnant in life. We're, we're moving the ball forward, you know? Yeah. For me, it's not that complicated at all. Um, it's really just being supportive. And if you've ever been with somebody as a high performer, an entrepreneur, somebody who has big dreams, um, if you're ever if you've ever been with anyone who is not supportive, you realize how crucial that is to your happiness, your success, and your compatibility. Mm. So it's really not that big of an ask. Um, I notice a lot of uh, girls that I dated like to say, um, not all, but some of them, like to say how supportive they are, but their actions don't back up the words. But they right. go, I always support you. I hear that more than you actually do it. Right. You know? So I think when you're with somebody that has super high goals, that wants to separate from the pack and just continue to rise, um, you have to you have to be on that journey with them. And there's going to be times where we need your support and we maybe not, maybe we had a pretty crappy day. If you lift us up after a tough day, mm. you will get rewarded a thousandfold out of our appreciation for you for understanding us. So I would say it, it's super simple uh, and it's unfortunately uh, less common than it should be, but just being supportive and in turn, you'll get the support back. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, we. Uh, it's funny. We had a clubhouse yesterday and it was, can two high performers coexist in a relationship? Right. Um, and the one thing that I, I spoke about was uh, like for me anyway it's it's more or less like yes I've done work on myself but I'm in no way completed in that work mm-hmm. right so what I'm looking for is somebody who and I, it's funny I posted this today like somebody who's willing to heal with me for the rest of our lives together what right? is that book you're reading uh, uh, Young Young Pueblo okay YP right, right, like, I know who he is yeah. I didn't even know he had a book Inward I, Inward so every day I wake up I go to the book and he's got some form of uh, meditation that's just on the page it could be a paragraph it could be a page it could be one line. Love that's it. I wake up, I read that, and then I go about my day and kind of continue from there. He's got another one that's coming out too in a couple of weeks. Um, but it's so it's funny. It was like it was that exact page when we had that exact conversation, mm-hmm. right? And like what I'm looking for anyway in somebody is basically somebody who's just open to the idea of like um, I'm. I have a lot. I have a shadow as everybody else does. Correct. We all do. Right. And I understand that she has a shadow. And what I'm willing to do is whoever I'm going to be with next, I am willing to focus on the really good things about her and let her work on and acknowledge and be self-aware about this stuff that she has to work on. So she's going to have her moments where, you know, she's going to have whatever our days like we all do. Um, But I think what's most important for me is that somebody who's open and in communication and just self-aware. And I talk about that all the time in all relationships in my life right now. Even like in friendships, like what I'm looking for more than anything is just somebody who's self-aware. And when I say self-aware, somebody who's done some work to just realize that like they have some faults, they're they're open to what they are, they're aware sometimes that they fuck up, and they're they're open to communication and and more so like they own shit. Mm. 
Like I've been in previous relationships that like where um, one in particular where like there was just no ownership of mistakes. And that's what drove me crazy why I couldn't be with that person anymore. Right. It's like, I'm going to fuck up. You're going to fuck up. But like if you don't own it and you just deny that shit, like I don't want to be with that person. And again, that comes from doing some work and being self-aware. And that doesn't – you don't get to that point unless you put the work in. So like for me personally, what I'm looking for moving forward is just somebody who is legit willing to just put the work in, realize that we're both fucked up. <laughs> like we all are, yeah, right? right? And just right, right. be willing to yeah. be willing to work on themselves and be a better person than they were the day before and be a better person in a year's time than we were a year before and mm-hmm. be a better person in 10 years' time than we were, you know, right now. And lead a good example for our kids to go back to what Phil was talking about and what Anthony was talking about is that healing. Like when I want to have a family, I want my kids to be able to be open and communicate. And I want to be able to show them stuff with my wife, you know, to be able to 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 show them like like meditation is okay. You can't be vulnerable. You can't communicate if you're hurting, mm. right? You should talk to somebody if you're hurting. Like my entire life, I was, for the most part, I just buried shit for a long time. As do many men. Right? It was like, the, like I didn't communicate anything. If I was hurting and no matter what it was, like I just buried it. Keep head down, work hard. Head down, work hard. Like that was my motto. And like what I'm looking for now is literally just somebody who's a partner who understands me. And the only way that she can understand me is if she understands herself. Mm. That's it. That hits the nail on the head. You both said it very well. So a lot of what I'm going to say touched on what they just said. I think the number one thing women can do uh, going forward is to be able to hold space for us. By holding space, we can have a conversation without judgment. And I think for women to hold space and for that to become the norm, it goes with what both of you have already said. They need to be more self-aware and they need to be interested in doing the inner work for themselves and not just for us. So it can't be a chore, they have to want to. Mm. Then we tread along this parallel line where we're both going in the same direction and it's really cool. And now, and we talk about this all the time, but like commonly in life, husband and wife don't talk about this they don't hold space for each other and that's why there's divorce that's why they're on separate pages women are really good at holding space for other women um, and when they talk with each other you don't really know if what they're saying is the truth or it's their version of the story and guys are pretty bad at holding space for other guys I'm grateful I'm in the room with you guys we all hold space for each other but like this is a very small percentage so if a man uh, man and woman can hold space for each other the likelihood of that relationship working out oh my god it's so much better so and I don't want to have to force the woman to hold space for me or to want to do the self-awareness work or the inner work they have to want to take an interest in it themselves and if they do that I mean there's nothing that you you can't get through exactly yeah you can't make anyone do something they don't want to do right right 100% then that that's a struggle for men too and we talked about that at dinner literally two weeks ago that was a conversation at dinner but I think from what I've experienced Drew I really I resonate with everyone when it comes down to the healing aspect I think that's really big for me Um, I and this is a very broad statement but I think a lot of women have taken on a lot of masculine energy like a lot of masculine energy Uh, especially in New York City and that's cool listen that's cool there's nothing wrong with that especially girls who were born and raised in New York City specifically agreed (laughs) agreed but the thing is they lost the ability to transition back into the feminine right because too masculine won't exist there, there's a there's too much friction mm-hmm. and if a man just becomes feminine the whole time they're going to be turned off yep right like they're, they're just that's instinct they're just going to be turned off and that's that's cool but i think having the understanding of that and also what it comes down to for me is 
the self-awareness is great, but you can't just have an interest in the healing. You have to have a commitment to it, right? Because there's a big thing between, there's a big difference between interest and commitment. I'm interested in having a Ferrari, right? <laughs> but like, am I committed to having a Ferrari? Right. And that will be shown through my habits, through my work ethic, so on and mm-hmm. so forth, right? So that that's pretty much what it is for me. And I resonate with what everyone said, but it's big. It's yeah. Big. It's weird too, because even like going back to what we were saying before, for like the idea of like holding space for each other. Like, I don't know if our parents necessarily even had that. Like, that's a generational thing too, right? Like, I I wonder about that sometimes. Like, I, I see it in my parents too, where it's like, They've been together for so long, right? But it's like they kind of just have their own thing kind of going on. So I, I kind of wonder like how, because it's like, it, you know, like people have been together that long for 60 years. It's like, it's insane to me. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm 34. I'm still trying to figure some shit out. Yeah. Know? Now, does that teamwork, is it, do they have the secret? Like, is that the secret of working relationship? Reveal it. Right. Reveal it. <laughs> or has the game changed? Like the NBA, like the game evolved. The game is not the same as it was shots years, years ago. Now. That's right, what it is. Right. Well, I'm just saying the game has completely evolved. You mm-hmm. can't play the old game anymore. That won't work in today's in, in, in today's Correct. NBA. Correct. So relationships. I, I sometimes wonder: is it is it are we missing out on what worked traditionally, or are we just still finding and fine tuning what currently works? Because yeah. as a society, we don't have it down yet at, no. at all. I mean, I think that our parents and grandparents didn't have all the external stimulus that we have. Right. Uh, and the right temptation, too. And temptations. That's right. really big. And cell phones. But also, too, you ever see like, Right. And social media. It's exactly. Been real. Right. Looking, looking, looking and seeing how everybody else's life is going. Mm. They didn't have that. You could never... If you broke up your ex, you might never see them ever again. Now, yeah. you like, I wonder what they're up to. Right. 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 Five right. seconds. And Literally. you also see all the, all the quotes out there that say, like, hey, we went through hard times, but we made it work. Mm-hmm. You see, like, the old couple near the car that's how at least my parents and grandparents were it was like yeah we hit bumps but we made it work and it's good but it's also not the best because as we've spoken of in the past you can then become lovers to just friends and companions. Mm. So making it work is an external thing of validation. Like they can't see us broken because they don't think our family's broken. Mm. And and I'm the, I've seen that with my family. Like people that shouldn't be together are together just to prove a point to the outside that we don't crack, we don't fold. Mm. So they also need to heal. Um, but you know they also didn't have the stimulus that 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 we have. So it was like okay. Okay, what are the other options right now? None. There's, there's really none. I, there's, my parents did everything for their kids. And now it's funny. I watch them live like, like they do everything now for their grandkids. Mm. Like, it's beautiful. It's the most beautiful thing ever. Like, I, I truly say from the bottom of my heart, like, my parents gave everything for us, me and my two sisters, and now they give everything for their grandkids. What I wish for my parents now, as an adult, is that I wish they spent more time on themselves. Mm-hmm. I wish they spent more time on their health. I wish they spent more time on their hobbies, and they were happier themselves and living vicariously through their kids and their grandkids. And I don't say that as, a, as anything that's ill-intended. I just, for them personally, I just wish that they spent more time 
on on themselves and and put more time on themselves than they did their actual kids. And if yeah. that makes sense, totally I don't know makes if that sense. makes sense. Yeah. But like, it's beautiful. I'm like almost crying because it's like what they did was beautiful for us. But like as an adult, I feel guilty now seeing what they did for all of us and wishing that they spent more time on themselves. I think when you come to a certain age and it, oftentimes it's in your 30s and you see kind of your you know your parents aging and it's a, it's a little tough to watch and you're like. In a sense, you're like, all right, I have to take a little bit more control and some of the, like, take on the reins of this family a little bit more. I have to take on an active role in, in guiding and leading. Right. And they're perfectly capable of doing it themselves. But, you know, I struggle with that as well. Like, I, I get frustrated with my parents for not, you know, exercising or meditating, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and doing things that, you know, drink green tea, do these things. Come on, guys, it's so basic. And, like, okay, we'll do it. And they do it for like a day and they, they don't have the drive behind it. Drives me insane <laughs> so I, I get it I think that um, you know obviously none of us are our are, are parents ourselves yet we don't have children so uh, our top priority really outside of like just making sure you know keep our parent parents proud and being you know the individuals they raised, raised to be we also almost owe it to pay it back and make sure they're on a good track too. So I understand that desire that you have, Drew, and also that frustration when they're not uh, when they're not following suit. Yeah, you just you want, yeah, you just want the best for them because they give everything for you, right? And it's like now you you see them starting to, you know, like whatever. Like I, I wish they exercised more and took better care of themselves because it was like literally like they couldn't have done any more for us. Like we were the right. be all end all. They live vicariously through their kids, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was the same way. Like I will never feel the love I felt from my from my Nona ever like from that from another person for the rest of my life I don't even care if that's my wife like she loved me more than anyone ever will for my entire life like you can't it's you, weird that's you like you generation no you can do no wrong I can do no wrong in her eyes yeah which is also a bad thing right <laughs> <laughs> like that, at least it's therapy and childhood trauma right where it's like yeah like I can kill someone in my Nona we're like hey you know he's, he's a good kid he's a my cheek right but like that's why everybody needs therapy, right? Because it's right. like, you know, that's that's my point in that. It's like, it's there's something beautiful in it, but there's also something where, like, you you want to have that love for your kids and for your grandkids, but you also want to work on yourself and set the example for them. Right. Which is, like, such a such a weird thing. And I think, I think the beauty and where we have to evolve to is we got to take the best of what they taught us, the best of what we're learning, because every generation is progressive and we're just trying to make it the best for the next of kin, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. take take what they gave us, right? Take what we're learning. We don't have it all figured out yet. No. Right, and then, right, and then right. pass it to them and our kids are going to make it the best for the following and let's just continue the progress. It's crazy, right? To think about like what our kids are going to, what podcast our kids are going <laughs> to. Savages. Savages. Yo, we've been running for an hour, so we'll wrap it here. Any last thoughts on this topic in general? I think uh, going back to what I was talking about earlier, right? Like I wouldn't change anything in my life because it led me down this path. Mm -hmm. And I believe that um, everything happens for a reason. But I think if we're talking about self-improvement and like what led me down that path, what I could give advice to anybody would literally be like, just make, if you're in a bad spot, it's literally just one change in your routine that leads to some momentum that then snowballs and leads to further momentum. And then you take it from there. So like, that's what I would leave it. I love that. I love it. say something extremely similar actually I love that and uh, it's all about creating a streak you want to create a winning streak in your life and the hardest 
thing to do is create that is get that first victory. Once you get that first victory, then the second victory will come a little easier, and then the third victory will come, and you might hit some bumps. You might have to start back at square one, and then you start the streak again. And you can have a bad day, but you don't want to create a habit and create a losing streak. Mm. So get that first win, build off that momentum, and feed into good habits. It's so easy to just after a long day, just sit down, put on the TV and just vegetate. That's your time to improve. It's so easy. I, what I did, I got this from Thailand um, in the main lobby that had a giant TV. I, it was like an old tube TV with the, the, the antennas on top. <laughs> and in, uh, it was all dusty. I don't know how they preserved it. It said, but in like somebody's finger, it said, do not watch me. Oh, and I just wow. remember looking at that. Sure. That's crazy. On my television, behind it, it's on a piece of paper. But when I'm, if I'm not watching something specific, like a documentary or something like that's, you know, the occasional big game, I flip it over to have that there. Do not watch me. Because wow. that's, wow. that, that's your time to improve. That's the time to separate yourself from the pack. Wow. Wow. That's cool. And those words. Yeah, both were good. I'll say something that I just recently posted on the gram. It's um, be curious enough to learn who you really are ask the deep questions and be courageous enough to live it out mm. and don't put so much pressure on yourself at 13 18 22 25 you don't know what life's all about yet I don't know what the hell life's all about yet I'm 32 I mean but still continuously ask yourself the questions and um, I think you'll never go wrong living curiously and then courageously I love that my last uh, piece of advice here or last words is that everyone just got this all for free so make sure <laughs> make sure you are leaving a rating and review if you haven't done so yet hit subscribe um, hit subscribe listen we're on YouTube now make sure you're subscribing hey, to the channel follow the amazing gentlemen that are here and thank you for joining us brother Drew oh my god oh, I never I'm not oh, <laughs> thank you for joining us brother until next time everyone be blessed peace